You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network. Podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Worry Auburn fans, welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson. I'm also here with my buddy, Jared Davis. Jared, how you doing? Hanging in there, man. Hanging in there. Just, you know, getting through the week and uh, we got one more. It feels weird. We got one more game of football. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's like midway through December. It'll be December 12th for this game, which you know, I was thinking... In most years, it's you know the the last game is right after Thanksgiving. So to me, it's you know it's about as weird as twenty twenty has been. But hey, we get to my view, it's kind of like an extra game or two um, before we go into a bowl game. So just the way this year has been, it's it still doesn't sit that we haven't played or like in a normal year we'd finish with Bama. But this year we're finishing with Mississippi State, and it's just I don't know. That's yeah, super I don't, weird. I don't mind playing into December. Usually, you, you that means you're playing in Atlanta, <laughs> right? But this one's going to be in Starkville. This is not Atlanta. Yeah, and normally I think right around December 12th is usually the SEC championship, kind of around that date. So you you'd almost expect like this to be SEC championship week, but yet it's uh, a makeup for a lot of the teams that have had issues with uh, COVID breakouts or the team they're playing had COVID breakouts, so they couldn't play. So, you know, Auburn had that situation with Mississippi State earlier in the season. So now we're playing, um, and uh, the game time for this is going to be 6.30 uh, Central Time on SEC Network. And uh, I'm not a fan of that time. Just thinking about it, this sets itself up for upset if I'm thinking about this because Klinga Klinga, at at sta- in Starkville. Is that, is that your cowbell? Klinga yeah, Klinga? That's that's the best you're going to get is Klinga <laughs> Klinga. So, yeah, I don't know. Do you feel good about this heading into this, even with a night game? I don't feel good about anything at this point. <laughs> um, but you're right. I mean, the away team suffers on night games. So, because the atmosphere, even in COVID, the atmosphere is a little better at night. And, you know, it's just a different, just a different setup. You want to be, I hate the 12 o'clock for you Eastern uh, folks. I hate the 12 o'clock games, but on the road, if you're going to play them, I'd rather play them on the road because that just kind of negates the uh, home field advantage. Yeah, I definitely think so too. I mean, this essentially is, there's, I don't know. I really hope Auburn proves me wrong. Maybe we're just kind of a little low from, losing at home to Texas A&M but maybe by the time Saturday comes around and we we face off against Mississippi State in Starkville this is going to be a team that wants to finish the season strong I mean the players have said it and Gus has said it but you got to prove it to me 
Like you got to prove that you really want to win this game because it's a matter of do you finish six and four or you finish five and five. And if we finish five and five, to a lot of Auburn fans, myself included, that's not a great season. That that's a below par season or over par, I guess your golf terminology. (laughs) Um, So yeah, it's just not a good spot to be in if we end up losing this game. Um, But I I just kind of want to throw out a couple stats here uh, just to kind of understand where Mississippi state is at. Um, So they've lost in close games to both Georgia and Ole Miss. And those were two road games that, Mississippi State was actually very heavy underdogs at. So they have the fight. They have the desire to win. Um, it's just a matter of um, winning those big games. And maybe they view this. I hope they don't. I really hope they don't view this as a really big game. Um, but, I mean, it would be so great to finish out with 6-4. and four. I'm not. That's not a great season, but it would be much better than 5-5. Five, five. <laughs> So much better. Um, Jared, what are, I mean, if we did manage to go five and five, like what, what would be your mindset for this, this season and how we, um, how we view it? Mm. Um, it wouldn't be good. I mean, six and four is not going to be great. Let's be honest. Um, but it, but winning, winning, you, you always want to win and you go six and four and you get into a bowl game, you win that seven and four and you're like, all right, wasn't great, but we finished out with two wins. Let's take the momentum from that into next year. Um, five and five, to me, the wheels fell off, honestly. Mm. if um, I mean, <laughs> five and five with a loss to South Carolina and Mississippi State, who may combined have five wins. I don't know. I don't know what their records are. But um, that's not a knock on them. I'm just stating facts on that. So, I, yeah, it wouldn't be good. It would not be good. And um, – I'm honestly worried. I was not, you know, we came out of that LSU game and we were going to play Mississippi State. And maybe we had a bye week and then Mississippi State. And I was like, we were riding high. No mm-hmm. way we lose out there. And then Mississippi State all of a sudden goes and gives Georgia a game like you mentioned. They go give Ole Miss a game like you mentioned. And we are not playing well. Um, I'm worried. I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I don't know if we win the ball game. And I can't believe I'm saying that. I know. Against a team that's 2-5 and five right now. Um or two and will, six, sorry. I will I'm tell sorry. you this. I am pretty confident in this. If our game plan is to go down there and have Bo Nix win the ball game, I don't think we win. Mm. If we go down there and build around, it's going to take all the running backs. But if our game plan is let's go down there and pound the ball, I know they have a pretty good defense, but let's go pound the ball, stick to that game plan. I think we we at least eke it out in the end. But if we go in there trying to sling it around 40 times, I don't think that bodes well for us on the road. Not the way we've played on the road in the past. Yeah, I mean, and I'm thinking about their offense. Like, I I don't want to get into a gunfight against nope. a team that has an offense that is based around the air raid. Um, I, I'd much rather us run the ball, you know, take time of possession, and win the game that way than try to do what they're best suited to do um, with their kind of offense. Um I think we've talked about it. I think the two keys for, for this and for Bo in particular is run the ball with him just to keep him uh, agile and ready to play, but also have a a design for tank Bigsby and uh, Mark Antony Richards, Sean Shivers. And if DJ Williams is healthy, 
have a combination of those four running backs to attack, 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 and eat away at the cloth. Um, because just based on what I've seen out of the Mississippi State team, I know they don't have like the ideal quarterback. Like Mike Leach doesn't have the ideal quarterback for his system right now. But when he does get that, it's going to be a a very high power, good offense. So if we can keep them off the field and and not have them passing, I mean they'll pass. Like they if they pass more than like they could legitimately pass for more than four hundred yards this game, just the I, way they're set up. I've said in the past that. Gus has become too much playing not to lose. I think this may be the only time where that makes sense. I think you go down there seriously and you say, I'm going to eliminate all the mistakes. Like, we are what we are at this point. Um, I don't think we go down there and try to get crazy slinging the ball around. Um, At this point, our best attack is our run block and our running backs. Go down there, try to control the clock like you said. Um, And it's probably not going to be pretty. But go down there, do that, keep moving the ball, keep getting first downs, eat up clock, get enough points, and get out of there with a win. We'll work on all the other stuff in the offseason. Right now is not the time to go down there and try to be fixing the, the our air raid attack, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. Um, and another thing I was just thinking about, I want to see uh, J.J. Pegues get the ball more. Um, I felt like we've gone away from that the last couple games. I think J.J is a freak athlete that needs the ball in his hands, not just for blocking, but get the ball in his hands where he's moving. And that could be a beautiful thing against this Mississippi state um, team. I, I don't understand football um, enough. All right, Jared, let's talk about our players to watch and then we'll jump into our score predictions for this game. Uh, Jared, who are you going to be watching on offense for this? Um, are you thinking we, we have a good game and, we we rely a little bit on Bo, or what are you feeling for that? Um, I don't know. Uh, uh, I mean, offensively, I think I'm going to probably um, I'm going to probably watch Tank if Tank is you know 100 percent or even 90 percent. That is probably going to be a huge determining factor on if we win the ball game. Um, so I'm going to keep an eye on him, keep an eye on his health. And, uh, I mean, he was averaging over eight yards in the A&M game. So, um, yeah, I think I think he's going to be the key. No, that's a very good one. If you, you see Tank having success and he's healthy enough to get a you know, healthy amount of carries without um, re-injuring anything, I think we have a really good shot at uh, winning. Um, I'm going to actually be watching Seth Williams. I feel like because Texas A&M shut him down, I feel like Seth Williams needs a kind of comeback game and see if he can actually fight out of whatever uh, you know tight coverage that he's got and make the plays and score the points. So, uh, yeah, definitely Seth Williams for me. Let uh, me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Is, is this the last time Seth Williams puts on an Auburn uniform? Probably, if I'm being honest. I mean, well, you may have a bowl game. So, well, we're having a bowl game, so at least one more after that but I think after this year if Seth uh, yeah I, I'm pretty sure Seth's leaving I mean he's a first round draft pick in my eyes so I, I'd leave foul with him as much as that hurts me yeah I think you're right and I don't you know the way kids handle bowl games and I'm not gonna knock anybody because that's their money and their their body you know it could be the last time he puts on a uniform yep I mean it very much could be 
Uh, let's talk about defense. Who are you going to be watching on defense uh, for this uh, Mississippi State game? Uh, the probably going to watch the. I'm going to watch that defensive front, man. To be honest with you, because they have had some some bad games. Um, I I think uh, I saw a stat that was about us giving up over five yards a carry or something. I don't know. Some stat. We haven't done that since before 2000. So I'm going to, I'm going to watch the whole defensive front. We need to, although they don't run the ball well. Uh, so let me actually back that up then. As I'm talking, I'm realizing our opponent. Um, I'm going to probably watch Tut to see how, uh, he, <laughs> to see how he handles the attack. Cause Tut seems to be the guy that might get burnt occasionally. So I'm going to keep an eye on him. Cause it's going to be a lot of passing attack coming at us. No, that's a good one. I mean, especially with Tut and at points definitely being a liability for the secondary uh, with blown coverages or missed tackles um, or just bad angles sometimes. And uh, if he can make those adjustments, not allow the, the big plays, then, I mean, really, that, that could be the, the uh, one of the things that they go after is Tut. Do yep. they? I mean, they're probably going to look at whatever Mark matchup. Would. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you look at the weak spot, and I think our weak spot is right now Tut. So, um, as long as he's healthy and ready to go, I know he did come out this last yeah, game. Yeah, he got hurt. That's right. So, if he's back, be watching him. Um, and uh, for me, I'm going to be watching on defense. I was going to kind of just blanket statement the, the linebackers because um, either it's going to be Papo or Zacoby trying to drop back into coverage with – I mean, particularly Papo, he's gotten a little better in pass coverage, but he's got some room to grow um, because they're going to be dropping back a lot. Like, put in perspective, Mississippi State um, in their last game only ran the ball 10 times. And we're not going to have to stop the run nearly as much. They're going to be passing the ball. Um, So watching guys like Papo and Zacoby McLean, how they back up into coverage – um, will be a key thing for me. Yep. Uh, for special teams, Jared, who are you going to be watching for Auburn? Uh, probably going to be keeping an eye on Mr. Eli Stove. He almost took one to the house against Texas A&M, and it might take a play like that to open up this game, give us a little more breathing room. So he's just such a good player, man. He doesn't get the credit he deserves. I like watching him play, and I hope he takes advantage of that uh rule where this year didn't count and he comes back but um if not this could be this could be his last game but last regular season game yeah definitely and he's been a a bright spot of our special teams where at, at points you know we had tank taking kickoffs and then after he got injured eli kind of st- uh, stood in there for kickoffs so he's done a great job um he hasn't done anything that has uh been so blatantly obvious that I was like, yank him, get him out of here. But um, he's almost broke it. And like you said, I would love to see that. This may be a fun game for that. Um, I was just thinking back on last year when we played Mississippi State. It was uh, within about a quarter, I think we established that we were going to win that game because we had big plays that resulted in touchdowns, long touchdown passes, runs, uh, special teams plays. It was just a fun game. It was um, a fun game. So how fun would that be to, to kind of finish the season on a high note like that? Um, I'm thinking kind of back to um, kind of what we did against Purdue. I don't think we'd do that against Mississippi State, but 
it would be fun if we had even a tinge of that little bit of just fun, uh, just scoring tons of points. So I'm all for it, AJ. Won't you call that in to Gus? I'll, I'll call him and say, "Yeah, you, hey, Gus. you got it. You got his number." <laughs> yeah, you know me. <laughs> Um, but on special teams, I'm going to actually be watching, um, Anders, um, and, and mostly for kickoffs. Um, I think Anders, um, did a good job against Texas A&M. All, uh, kickoffs were touchbacks, which is, you know, a good stat for him. Um, but also kind of watching to see, um, how he does on, if we are any kind of field goal position, because, um, I hope we aren't in any field goal positions where it's where we could have made a touchdown, but we had to go for a field goal. But you know what? If I'm being honest, it might just happen. So kind of watching him on both kickoffs and uh, field goals. We're going to take a quick break from this episode for a special announcement. One of the things that we take great pride here at the E2C Network are our listeners are really our E2C Network family. Now, I know they enjoy listening to us, but let's be honest, every once in a while, they probably would like a little bit of change of pace. Well, that's where you come in if you're a business owner. If you have any interest in partnering with us in terms of ads or sponsorships on our podcast episodes, you can reach us at e2cnetwork at gmail.com. Let us help you reach the widest variety of Auburn fans out there. I mean, come on, who else listens to a network where they cover everything from Auburn football to The Bachelor and the connections it has with Auburn. Utilize our podcast, Facebook live shows, and other flexible partnership opportunities that are available upon request. Let us help you reach the E2C Network family and the Auburn family at large on how you might best be able to serve them. Reach out to us at e2cnetwork at gmail.com for more information. That's all we have for you in this special message. Let's get back into the episode. Uh, let's jump into our score predictions for this game. Uh, preseason, Jared, you had said we'd win by 14, and uh, I said that we won by 10. <laughs> and now we're kind of rethinking that. I'm sure I definitely am. Um, Jared, what are you kind of feeling for this game and mm. maybe how this game plays out? I can't believe I'm saying it, man. I'm I'm going to drop mine down to three. I mean, I'm I'm just I just want to get out of there with a victory. <laughs> Me too. And and uh, another interesting stat: the last three times we've been to Davis Wade, um, we have only won one of those, um, and those haven't been the greatest of Mississippi State teams either. Um, one of them, I think Auburn came in as a top ten uh, team, I think maybe twenty eighteen, and we ended up losing that game um, in an upset. Uh, Mississippi State beat us, so. I, I I think I, I'm going to lower mine from 10 down to seven uh, because I do think we can beat them um, by a touchdown. And I hope it is more than that um, because I mean, we do have the firepower capabilities. It's just the mindset of being aggressive. And I hope our offense says we're going to be aggressive, pedal to the metal, go for it. Um, and if that's the case, it may be a lot higher, but in yeah, reality, we struggle. I say seven. We struggled down there the, even with Cam that year, I think. I don't think it mm-hmm. was a runaway. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, not a gimme. It's not a gimme anywhere, but on the road in the SEC. At uh, night. At <laughs> night, and don't be fooled by their struggles. I mean, they they still have SEC caliber players on defense and offense. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's uh, it's not a gimme game. We thought it was uh, as they started struggling, but it, it's not a gimme at all. Yeah, definitely. 
All right, Jared, let's jump into our final segment of this show. Uh, we're going to be talking about an Auburn fan perspective of the SEC and what happened this week in the SEC. Um, let's start out with uh, the game that we all knew was going to be a win for Bama was LSU versus LSU. Or Auburn. <laughs> <Wow>. LSU versus <laughs> LSU. LSU might still have lost that. LSU they probably would have lost that. That was a good slip of, of the tongue. I mean, yeah. Alabama beating LSU. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But they beat them 55 to 17. But in reality, you looked at, okay, I looked at the stats at halftime. Bama almost had 500 yards of offense at halftime. Halftime. Mm-hmm. Um, and up 45 to 14. So Bama legitimately could have just said, we're scoring 100. And they probably would have done so. But I think they, you know, they're, they're saving, they're saving their big plays for, uh, future games that will matter a lot more than this uh minuscule game for them it's crazy and then a minuscule game uh, down at uh in baton rouge against right. lsu well think it, about just... last year the the alabama lsu game was like you know the game of the century you know even the president was there and this year it, i didn't even turn on because i knew the result of the game <laughs> there's just such a there really is this year such a wide gap and i don't know what it is is did the, the teams playing really well bring back more you know veteran players i don't know there's such a wide gap there's really only about four or five good teams and then there's a i mean i guess you could throw in your senses and byus and stuff but but power five there is then a huge drop off yeah um uh, that's why you have Coastal Carolina and BYU and Cincinnati, you know, in the top 15 probably now. So mm-hmm. it's a weird year. Um, like, it's not just they beat LSU or they beat Auburn. I mean, they they destroyed them, and that's, you know, it's, uh, it's weird. Yeah, and I kind of wanted to bring up this little discussion. So, you know, obviously LSU won the national championship last year. Coach O was, I'm sure, a big part of that, but – this kind of you brought it up was it kind of reminds you of Chiswick. So mm-hmm. what are you kind of seeing there with how that scenario kind of played out with you know Auburn scenario in 2010 winning and then firing him two years later? Is Cocho in that kind of scenario? It's it's potentially. Um, they they just get so much talent down there. I mean, I think they're top five in recruiting right now just because the state of Louisiana they. They locked down that state. So that might be a saving grace. He may just be too talented to fail. But um, I don't see – nothing about them scares me next year. Like, I don't see anything on there. You're like, oh, well, this year we got them, but next year they got this and this and this. None of – I don't see that. Yeah. Um, They should be better, no doubt. But I just don't know, man. I mean, Coach O is kind of – I mean, most people are what they are. And Mm -hmm. Coach O has been to several places, and he's a good coach. Um but he's not a record setting, you know, that was, that was Burrow and Joe Brady. Yep. I agree. And and, I think it's definitely showing that this year. Yeah. Those two pieces without them, they're they're back to that average LSU, if not subpar uh, or over par. I keep saying that. (laughs) But subpar is the right word. I I know you're you're talking about golf, but really is subpar is the right terminology. I think you're using that right. But yeah, it is weird that that's what you say. I I do think that um, I'm not knocking him. Um, I mean, you know, you could say with Chiswick, look, Chiswick didn't work out as a head coach, but Chiswick got Cam there and he got Gus Malzahn there and that led to a championship. So Orgeron may not work out. He may, but he may not. But he got Joe Brady there and he got Burrow. So, you know, it's it's like when you look at Chiswick's, when you look at his legacy, what do you think? I mean, a lot of people are negative. I'm I'm thinking, I mean, the man brought us a championship. Yep. 
which we hadn't had since 57. So yeah, I mean, and, and I will say, I know we're talking about LSU and I'll be, I'll, I'll move on from this, but the one thing Chizik did do, and this is not to be undervalued. He held that team together because it was a circus in the media. Mm-hmm. Everybody wanted Cam. They're like, how are you? You know how it is. They were how attacking are you even Auburn. playing this guy? Like, this- yes, how are you? How are you playing him? It was bad. I mean, even even supposed, I'm using quotations, you know, legit reporters were even saying that. And Chiswick held all that together. Yep. And you got to give him credit for that. Yeah. And most coaches, if you're throwing that scenario, will probably just not play him, you know, something. And, I mean, Chiswick, I mean, he must have had some faith in Cam in that situation to not, not only play Cam, but – Hold keep it from the, a distraction. The emotions and yeah, and I mean, twenty ten, social media was still around. All these guys had probably a Twitter or Facebook where they saw what was going on, and the chaos going on around them. But yet they held it within the building that they were still a team united. And I think that strengthened them. I mean, and another credit to Chizik. I mean, I think without that, I don't know if the team would have had as much of a desire to win. Now, obviously, Cam makes you know pushes you over the top a lot of times but if you don't have that controversy where you have to you have to bind together or you will fall apart that kind of uh, key situation definitely helped that team um let's also talk about the uh, kentucky uh, game versus south carolina um kentucky ended up beating them 41 to 18 not a big shocker there south carolina is not the greatest team which still irks me because we lost them and uh the the interesting news that came out on Saturday was uh, Shane Beamer. Um, so if you know the last name, Frank Beamer, um, the legendary Virginia Tech head coach um, that did some crazy good stuff at Virginia Tech. It, his son, Shane Beamer, is now going to be South Carolina's uh, new head coach. Um, Jared, I think you know a little bit about him. Uh, kind of fill our listeners in on uh, Shane Beamer and uh, kind of where they see him fitting into the South Carolina team. Yeah, I don't. I didn't know anything about him until recently, but when his name came up, uh, I heard somebody make the South Carolina connection, and he was a part of Spurrier's coaching staff uh, maybe around like 09 to 11. I may have the years wrong, but they had a three-year run of 11-win seasons. If you remember, they played us in 2010 in Atlanta, and Beamer was a part of that, at least the recruiting part of that, I believe. Um, apparently the old players are really excited about him. Um, I think that they, that might've been a push. I think there was actually probably a a push from old players to make him be the top candidate. So, you know, and he's gone down to Oklahoma and learned from that offense. Um, it's not, I mean, Oklahoma has a good system too. Yeah. They, they, they've, they turn out some great teams and are in the top five and at least in the last few years, pretty consistently. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's a splash hire. But, you know, neither was Dabo Sweeney. So, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, as long as it's the right hire. Splash hires are cool for, you know, about 12 months. Yeah. The the right hire could could change your whole program. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, so, kind of, obviously, it'll we'll have to see how this plays out with him. But I do really like that uh, Shane Beamer does have ties to South Carolina. And, I mean, when you got your players – and I'm sure some of the boosters and fans are already excited about this. You got the positive momentum um, because, I mean, just a few weeks ago, they were down in the pits when uh, they pretty much said, all right, <laughs> must champ, you're done, out of here. 
let's go find ourselves a, a new head coach. Um, even with a crazy high buyout like uh, Muschamp had, they were still make, willing to do that. It does make you wonder, though, real quick, to fire somebody midseason like that or, you know, a little past midseason, mm-hmm. did they have a bigger name in mind? Nothing against Shane Beamer. Mm. Shane Beamer may go on to be the next Nick Saban. Do you think they had another name in mind that they wanted to get at first before anybody else could, and then Beamer was maybe the second option? Or do you think that they they wanted Beamer the whole time? It's possible. I mean, I, I didn't read too much into this, but maybe they had another another guy. I mean, Shane Beamer sounds like a great fit for them from what I've heard. Yeah, I don't doubt it. I'm just wondering, when you make it before the end of the season, that yeah. typically means I want to be the first guy to go after so-and-so. Mm-hmm. So did they call, and I'm not saying Freeze is the answer, but did they call Freeze and he said, no, thank you? Did they call, I don't know, some of these other coaches that are doing really well? Um, that's yeah. just the only that's the only question I have. It doesn't matter. We'll never know. Yeah. Um, let's also talk about the Missouri-Arkansas game. And I, I'm sad I didn't get to watch this one because it sounded like in the fourth quarter there was a lot of drama. Uh, Missouri was down by 14 points in the fourth quarter. And somehow Missouri ended up winning this one. Um, they There was some weird like two-point conversion uh, misses. And it was... I, w- I want to go watch this fourth quarter alone and just rewatch this one because the storylines that came from this are, yeah, Missouri, even with a freshman quarterback, and only, I think it was like less than a minute or two, uh, drove down the field and got Missouri in an opportunity for a winning field goal. And I was thinking, oh, my goodness. Like, this is not the Missouri team that we thought coming into the season. Like, I, I was personally thinking Missouri would be – you know, in the ranks of Arkansas and probably Vandy down at the very bottom. But Missouri has definitely proved that they're more than that. Um, And it's credit to them, credit to them for, you know, pulling some stuff together. Yeah, I didn't see the game either. I had people texting me about it, and I saw the replays. Uh, They had a play like uh, Zagobi McClain. I think uh, Missouri went to intercept the ball and, went through his hands and Arkansas catches it and that that may have led to them having to drive down and score to win so uh, apparently a crazy game and both those teams deserve credit man I didn't give either one of them a lot of uh, chances at the beginning of the year I think they played above their heads especially Arkansas Um, yeah I mean I think you and I were thinking preseason that Missouri Arkansas and Vandy would probably be you know one two maybe three wins and I think Arkansas is still kind of around that range right now, but they're on, they've made some changes that I think their team's more energized. They have the opportunity to win more games now than they did previously, which yeah, is credit been to, in, to what they're they've, doing. They've been in almost every game. I mean, that's, that's a, that guy's done a good job. I didn't think it was a good hire, but I've, yeah. you know, so far been proven wrong, even though the wins don't show it. You're right. They're much more competitive. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then the last uh, SEC game that happened this last week uh, was Florida beating Tennessee. And uh, even though it was only 31-19, to 19, I looked at that score and I was thinking, I guess Florida didn't have that great of a game, but they put up some yards. And, and this is something weird. Like Kyle Trash, or Trask, <laughs> threw for four touchdowns and 433 yards. And I'm just thinking, you throw for 433 yards and you only have 31 points, um, you have some red zone issues probably or something. I don't know. That's just, that seems kind of like a weird, like it should have been closer to like 40 or 50 points for them. If you have that many long 
passes more than likely. It's crazy. <laughs> if he if he wins the Heisman, <laughs> will you call him Kyle Trask? Uh, yeah, yeah. If he wins the Heisman, I'll change okay. him on. Uh, but no, it, it's ingrained right now, tr- Kyle Trash. You know I'm messing with you. I don't care anything about the kid. I think it's funny, though. I was thinking about you yesterday when he threw several touchdowns about the <laughs> Kyle Trash. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely played better than Trash this game, this whole season. So, I mean, credit to him for that. But I'm, I'm still calling I'm him giving, Kyle Trash. I'm giving you a hard time. <laughs> you call him whatever you want, AJ. Um. Jared, any other thoughts about uh, this Mississippi State game this week? Um, that uh, going into this final game of our season, or at least regular season. No, not really. I mean, uh, you know, there's just it. It kind of stinks to not have really anything on the line, but that's been really the case, you know, after our U.S. South Carolina loss. So, um, but you could always point and say, well, if we could beat the Iron, win the Iron Bowl, oh, if we could beat A and M. I mean, at this point, you want to go down there and just get the win. Again, a win is a win. You never know what's going to help with recruiting. You go win the bowl game, you end with two wins, and, you know, you get ready for next year. That's about all you can do at this point, so you just try to improve. So I just want the kids to go out there, be safe, um, nobody get injured, play good football, and let's bring home a victory. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same mentality. It's not where we wanted to be and not where the players or coaches want it to be, but this is a spot where if we win this game, we get a little bit positive momentum, win the bowl game, and you got a different storyline after this season um, versus going 5-5, five and five, maybe losing a bowl game, maybe having a losing season. And, uh, yeah, that, that could be a way different uh, way to go into this. And not just for us fans, but for the players. It's a mentality yeah. thing. Yep, no doubt. I agree with you. All right, Jared, before we get out of here, how can the people stay in touch with you? Uh, just find me on Facebook under Jared Davis and on Instagram as well under Jared Davis. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at A-J-A-Y-J-A-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?